Hello, everybody. Welcome to the MTG Place Podcast. I'm your host, Corey. Uh, joining with me today is Jake. How's it going, Jake? Hey, how's it going, Corey? How's everybody else doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I want to plug a couple of our ways you can support us here. We have a TCG Player affiliate link. Uh, thanks to everyone who has used that already. Uh, that will be in the show notes. You can click that. Um, we also have a Patreon you can sign up for at uh, Patreon is Patreon slash MTG Place. Um, we got our first one here. We got Alan left, so thank you so much for uh, supporting us. Uh, if you want to be shouted out with the possibility, you can sign up like like he did, or uh, you can just you know keep listening. And, uh, we like you either way. Uh, and then uh, we got Zencaster here. We got uh, zen.ai slash the MTG place is an offer code. You can get 30% off Zencaster Premium. Zencaster is an all-in-one podcast production suite that gives you studio-quality audio and video without needing all the technical know-how. Records each guest locally and then uploads the crystal clear audio and video right to the suite so you have high-quality raw materials to work with. Again, that's uh, zen.ai slash MTG place. If you're thinking about using Zencaster to make a podcast, and you can get 30% off the premium membership. So today we're going to talk about the commander cards in Streets of New Capenna. Uh, this is going to be all the cards that are in the five commander decks, along with about seven-ish cards that are only in set boosters. Um, so we're just going to go through starting in Wooburg order, uh, read through them, talk about them. And uh, tell us, uh, tell you our thoughts. Um, if, which commander deck they're in, we're not. We don't uh, know for sure. We're just going to talk about all the cards. And uh, if you buy the whole set of five, you'll end up having them all, except for those seven you can only get in set boosters. We're also not uh, doing reprints in this episode. Correct. We're also not going to do reprints, and we're only going to do rares and mythics. Uh, Jake, you want to start off reading the first card? Yeah, so the first card we have is Aerial Extortionist. It's two white and three generic for a 4-3 flyer. Whenever Aerial Extortionist enters the battlefield or deals combat damage to a player, exile up to one target non-land permanent. For as long as that card remains exiled, its owner may cast it. And whenever another player casts a spell from anywhere other than their hand, draw a card. So I like the bottom part, the white card draw. Uh, the first part is just like you're exiling your thing, and they but they can recast it still, so it's like whatever. It's just like slow them down. It's like bounce. It's, kind of. It slows them down, but it's not as good. Yeah, it's kind of like bounce, and then, but the drawing cards whenever they cast a spell other than their hand is good because if they recast that card, then you're going to draw. A card. Yeah, then you get to draw a card, and it'll definitely. Uh, it will. Uh, there's that one card, that new card in the set that. Uh, it synergizes well. It's like if they draw two or more cards, then you get some other effect. Yep. All those decks will be good. Uh, so it's all right. Uh, next card, we got Angelic Sleuth. It's two and a white for a 2-3 Flying Angel Advisor. Uh, whenever another permanent you control leaves the battlefield, if it had counters on it, investigate, which is make a clue token, which is sacrifice it, draw a card for two mana. Built-in card draw. Yeah, more card draw. Uh, if you have a counters deck, 1-1 one, one counters, any sort of counters deck, it's good in there. Uh, you can play it in the abs then, pull some plus one counters deck that I know is a thing. I'm loving what they're doing with white card draw. Just making it a thing. 
Yeah, white is a card draw. Versus not having card draw in white for the longest time. Yep. All right. Well, my next card that I will be doing is my one of my favorites from the entire set. It's one of the cards that's only in set boosters. It's Benny Brax Zoologist. It's a white, one white and three generic for a legendary creature. Elf Druid, 3-2. He has Convoke, so... If you have a, is if you're in a creature deck, is you're going to cast him for one white. Um, at the beginning of each end step, if you created a token this turn, draw a card. This card will be busted with Smothering Tithe. Every yeah. turn, every turn, you're going to be creating tokens every time they play every time they play cards, and then you're going to be drawing a card at the end of everyone's turn. Yeah, and as long as uh, they don't pay for the Smothering Tithe. Well, yes. If they don't pay for smothering tithe, it's gonna, yeah, so it's gonna, it's gonna it's gonna make a lot more people want to pay for smothering tithe. Yes, it is. It's so also, I never pay for smothering tithe. Also, gonna be super good in tokens, like any token yeah. deck. Yep. Uh, so, like James's wrist deck, he's gonna want that. Yep. Good card, probably one of the better cards. You can only get that in set boosters, though, so open some packs if you want that. Uh, next up, we got the Bosses Shafur. Shafur. Chauffeur. Chauffeur. can never pronounce the words. Uh, it's four and a white uh, for a zero zero elf citizen. Uh, boss Shafur. God, what was it again? Chauffeur. Chauffeur. Bosses Chauffeur enters the battlefield with a number of 1 1 counters on it. Equal to one plus the number of other creatures you control. Uh, whenever another creature, as well as alliance, whenever another creature enters the battlefield of your control, you put a one counter on it. And when he dies, you create a one-one green and white citizen creature token for each one-one counter on it. So he comes in big with one-one counters, gets more one-one counters, and when he dies, you get a bunch of tokens. I like him with Benny Brax. Yeah, it seems good with Benny. That'll be sweet. Might have to make a token deck. Tokens. Um, yeah, he's gonna be. I I, I want to build a Benny Brax deck, so might be looking out for that boss's chauffeur card as well. Next card is contractual safeguard. It's two and a white. For an instant, it has addendum. If you cast a spell during your main phase, put a shield counter on a creature you control. A shield counter is if it would be dealt damage or destroyed. Remove the shield counter from it instead. So you choose, with that card, you choose uh, a kind of counter on a creature you control. Put a counter on that. Put a counter of that kind on each other creature you control. So if it comes in, you put a, uh, uh, you put a shield counter, you can put a shield counter on all creatures you control. That seems really good. So if you play it during your main phase, you like put a shield counter on something, and now all my creatures have shield counters. Yep. So that all your it's it's not necessarily persist, but it's basically auto regenerate. Yeah. They have to kill your creatures twice. And if you already had something with the shield counter, you could just cast it as an instant and respond to like a board wipe, and then make all of your stuff have the shield counter. Exactly. Exactly. Pretty good card. I th- yeah, I think that'll be really nice to have. Uh, next up, we got Damning Verdict. 
It's three white white for a sorcery. Destroy all creatures with no counters on them. So it could be good if you're playing this in a counters deck so that your stuff won't die with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, otherwise, it's kind of situational, and I'd rather just play Wrath. Yeah, if you're playing it, if you're playing a token deck, awesome. If you're not playing a token deck, this card is mediocre. It's a board wipe. Right. But I'd, like, like you said, I'd rather just play Wrath of God. Yeah, so unless you have creatures with counters on them all the time, I'm probably yep. not playing it. Yeah. So the next card is Grand, Grand Crescendo. It's two white and X for an instant that creates X, 1-1 one, one green and white citizen creature tokens. Creatures you control gain indestructible till end turn. That's super good. I really love this card. I, it's To me, this is the, it's the white heroic intervention. That's literally what it is. It's the white heroic intervention, and you could pay any extra mana just to make a bunch of tokens that are also indestructible. Exactly. Exactly. That's but you really can good. you can literally pay two white and zero for your creatures gain indestructible. Right. Not, you don't get the hex proof, but well, whatever. Indestructible, indestructible is the part that most people use. Indestructible is nice. That's really good. For two white, I'll take it. Yep. Uh, next up, we got jailbreak. It's one and a white for a sorcery. Return target permanent card in an opponent's graveyard to the battlefield under their control. When that permanent enters the battlefield, return up to one target permanent card with equal or lesser mana from your graveyard to the battlefield. So you play this, you bring back their one drop, you can get a land. You bring back their two drop, you can get a one drop. I hate this card. You don't like this card? I don't like this card at all. Uh, I think it's okay if you're playing a dedicated like bring back deck, uh, just because it only costs two mana. And most of the other bring back stuff costs four. But yeah, it, it kind of sucks. Feels it's bad so to give give your opponent stuff. Yeah. I mean, just sit there. I can, I can picture this picture this scenario. I want my dark steel colossus back. I'll give them blight steel. <laughs> Never. I would not ever want to do that. Like you're just giving them something there's there's scenarios where you give them something worse. Yes. But I mean, you could you could use it for mana ramp too. Like you could just give them a land back and you get a land back as well. It's all, it, so it's also a dead card if they have nothing in their graveyard. That's true. So if they're playing, if you're playing against a spells matter deck, they have no creatures in their graveyard. It, it's a dead card. Yeah, it feels situational. It's very situational, and I do not like this card. We'll see what happens with it, but uh, yeah, I, I don't like that card. A card I do like, however, is Master of Ceremonies. It's a white and three for a creature rhino druid. It's a three four. At the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent chooses money, friends, or secrets. For each player who chose money, you and that player each create a treasure token. For each player who chose friends, you and that player create a one one green and white citizen creature token. For each player who chose secrets, you and that player each draw a card. It's a three four rhino. That's so good. Right I like uh, I like the artwork on there. It's pretty cool. It's pretty sweet. He's, like he's all like blinged out. He's got like a ring on his horn. Yep, and he's got he's got his fancy pinky out. Ring. <laughs> yeah, um, I like I like it because you get all you're going to get three things, and everybody else gets one thing. So you're you're yep. adding two things every time. I think you could put that into a huggy deck, or just 
put it into any deck. Yeah, uh, it's really good in mono white if you need like because like they're probably going to choose draw a card most time and you don't get cards. Um, group hug is great too. Yeah, I mean, I don't really like to play group hug or play with group hug, but it, you could make it in a group hug deck, and it would be fun. Yeah, you know, next... it, help, it helps everyone out, and then you get more help. Yeah, I feel most people are going to choose secrets and draw cards, but... Most likely. But that's still, like, everybody draws one, you draw three, is still good. Let's still draw three for four, and you get a three-four. Yeah. Like, I think that's pretty good. Uh, next up, we got Resourceful Defense. It's two and a white for an enchantment. Whenever a permanent you control leaves the battlefield, if it had counters on it, put those counters on target permanent you control. Uh, and it's past pay four and a white activated ability. Move any number of counters from one permanent you control to another you control. So you can move your counters around for five mana, and if something dies, you can put the counters on something else. I like it. It's it's value. It feels like the Ozolith, kind of, except for it costs three and it has active ability to just let you move stuff around. Yeah, it's it's crappy Ozolith. Yeah, but if you play Ozolith, you're going to play this. I still like it. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. It's 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 instant pay three mana and you get value. Yeah. And it's not an instant, it's an enchantment. But as soon as you play this card, you get value from it. This is true. So, I, I like it. It's not great. There's better cards, but it it, it works. Um, the next card we have is Skyboon Evangelist. It's white and four for a 3-3 Bird Advisor. It has flying. When it enters the battlefield, support six. So, you're going to put a 1-1 one, one counter on, on each of up to six other target creatures. Whenever a creature with a counter on it attacks one of your opponents, that creature gains flying until the end of the turn. Godly. Yeah, this is really this. you love this card. I think yeah. this is really good in a token deck or something you're gonna have a lot of creatures. Uh also in like a counters deck because it just gives them flying. But unless you have like say you only have one creature, you're just gonna put a one one on one thing. I don't know. No, you could put Two six things. one ones on one thing. <laughs> no, because you it's just it's a one 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 on up to six targets. Six other targets. So you have to have six things. All each yeah. yeah, I mean, so it's it's not terrible still. Yeah, it's still good. It's still good. It's, have, just... it's gonna it's gonna be a token deck. Yeah, James, just gonna James have to have a lot of stuff. For his, this James is gonna get this card for his wrist deck. Yeah, he should. There's a lot of new cards he needs for his wrist deck. Yeah, that's true. And this is one of them. Make all of his tokens have flying. Yep, be super good. Uh, next up, we got Smuggler's Share. It's two and a white for an enchantment. At the beginning of each end step, draw a card for each opponent who drew two or more cards this turn. Then create a treasure token for each opponent who had two or more lands enter this turn. That's uh, pretty good, because if your opponent's drawing more cards than you or ramping out mana, you're going to get mana and cards back. It's kind of like hate matters yeah, catch up for white. I don't hate it. We'll put it that way. Yeah, it's I pretty actually, good. It's pretty good. It'll come in clutch in some scenarios. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, 
if you're playing against a lot of fair decks, it's probably going to be bad. But if you're playing against people that are drawing a shit ton of cards or ramping yeah. a lot. Yep. Exactly. Our next card is Tenuous Truce. It's one white and one for an enchantment where you enchant opponent. At the beginning of Enchanted Opponent's End Step, you and that player each draw a card. When you attack Enchanted Opponent or a Planeswalker they control, or when they attack you or a Planeswalker you control, sacrifice Tenuous Truce. This is one of those cards that's only found in set boosters. Um, I think it's going to be good. Not great, but if you're a group hug player, you'll love it. I think it's all right because they could just attack you and then. Yeah, but they're not. They're not getting the draw card. Like, it's. It gives them. It gives them. um, Yeah, I guess you both draw. So it gives them, like, hey, this is a political truce. We'll both draw cards if you don't attack each other. Yep. It's. It's. It basically is so like solitary confinement. Or cards like like that. Mm. Right? It's uh, it they they it gives them incentive to not attack you, whereas those other cards are like, I don't need to destroy that so I can attack you. You're not giving me anything for it, right? So I don't know. It'll it'll be it it it, it would work. Yeah, I think it it you could use it as a ghost, a ghostly fill in. Uh, yeah, so that's it for white. What uh, what, do you, what is your favorite white card of all these? My favorite white card, Benny. Is Benny? Well, uh, yeah. what do you think is the most powerful? It's probably also Benny. The most po- powerful? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't think Benny is the most powerful, but it's possible. I think. I don't know. I'd like to say Grand Crescendo is pretty powerful. Yeah, that's a pretty powerful card. That could turn the tide of the game. Yeah, I think my favorite card is his Master of Ceremonies, and I think Grand Crescendo or the Betty is probably the most powerful, just because drawing a card every turn is good in a dedicated token deck. Otherwise, Benny's not great. But see, to get to get the token, like you have to make the token to be able to draw the card, right. which is why I think he lacks a little bit of power. It's not like at the end of each step, at the beginning of each end step, draw a card. You know, like, it's not super super powerful. Grand right. Crescendo can change the tide of a game. That's true. So could the... If, if someone's, like, board wipe, you tap all your mana and make 10 1-1 green and white creature tokens, and then your shit's indestructible, too, that yeah, can that change the tide of the game. That's probably you, the best one. You come in next turn with a... Uh, with a... Um, Great Hoof Behemoth, win the game. Yep. It's... I think that could be really good. Yep. Uh, Now we're going to move on to blue here. So first blue card is Avon Courier. It's a one and a blue for a 1-1 flying. When Avon Courier attacks, choose a counter on a permanent you control. Put a counter of that kind on target permanent you control if it doesn't have a counter of that kind. So... Play this, and then you get to copy a counter, basically, and put it on something else. Yep. It's pretty decent. It's decent. Um, I mean, you need a blue, blue-white, maybe, or I'm assuming the precon's blue-white something. But um, it'll probably be blue-white-green. I would think. Yeah. 
Yeah, you would need something that has counters. Because I don't think Model Blue has a lot of counters. Yeah. And it's a 1-1 flyer. It's yep. good, not great. Yep. Next card is Cephalid Face Taker. It's blue and two for a 1-4 Cephalid Rogue. Cephalid Face Taker can't be blocked. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you may have Cephalid Face Taker become a copy of another target creature until end of turn, except it's 1-4 and has this creature can't be blocked. So this is good if you're playing like a clone stack or you have something with like attack triggers that you want to copy and then you just swing unblockable and get the attack triggers. Yeah, no, that'll be... I mean, shit, you could make a copy of Crater... Or not Crater... Well, you could make a copy of Crater Hoop Behemoth. But it'd just Um, be a (laughs) 1-4. But I was thinking thinking like Blightsteel, you just get in one Infect unblockable. Yeah, I think it's better if you copy... Obviously, better scenarios. But yeah, like if you copy, like say Inferno Titan or something, and then it's like, oh, attack trigger, deal three damage. Yep. Because then, so you could get if you have an Inferno Titan plus this, which makes an Inferno Titan, mm-hmm. it's unblocked three damage. So, yeah, I technically unblocked four damage, but yeah, that's it's not bad. I, don't, I it could be fun in some certain scenarios. Uh, next up is Change of Plans. It's X, 1, and a blue for an instant. Each of X target creatures you control connive. Uh, you may have any number of them phase out. So you're going to draw a card for each of the creatures and then discard a non-land, or discard a card for each of the creatures. If it's a non-land card, you'll put a 1-1 counter on it. And then you can choose to have it phase out if you want. I like it. Yeah, I feel like the phase-out part is good, and the fact that you get to connive as well is good, because you could just be like, oh, I'm going to board wipe. Well, I'm just going to phase my stuff out. Yep. It'll be another one of those powerful cards that can be game-changer. Next card is Extravagant Replication. It's going to be two blue and a four for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep... Upkeep, create a token that's a copy of another target non-land permanent you control. So the fact that this costs six kind of sucks, but otherwise it's super powerful, super good. You're going to copy anything in play every single turn. Basically. Yeah, it's good. Like, just just like if you have this and Sol Ring. Let me just make a Sol Ring every turn. Sol Ring every <laughs> turn. Seems good. It, it seems good. And you, you could play this as early as turn, like, two. Yeah, with enough ramp, or if you have a way to cheat it out. Yeah. Like, there's there's people who I'm sure will try to abuse this. Yep, and it's I also might, also good in the clone deck as well. Yeah, I might try to abuse it. I don't know. It actually has pretty sweet art, too. It's like a, a female who is a, like a, a ghostly uh, tiger tamer. Yep. Looks pretty cool to me. Yeah, the flavor text calls it an Aether Tiger. An Aether Tiger, sure. Uh, just next one weapon. of them? Just one Aether Tiger? Yeah, or just one. Just present? one Aether Tiger, yep. Back to that uh, great flavor text on these cards. Uh, next card we got is Flawless Forgery. It's three blue-blue for a sorcery. 
Uh, with casualty three, uh, as you cast a spell, you may sacrifice a creature with power three or greater. If you do, you can copy it and choose new targets for the copy. And then the spell itself does exile an instant sorcery card from opponent's graveyard. Copy that card, and you may cast it without paying its mana cost. Great. I love this card. So five mana, I cast something from your graveyard. If I sack a creature power three greater, I can cast two things from your graveyard. Or the same thing yep. twice. Yep, I love this card. Seems really good. You can, uh... Especially if you survived, like, an expropriate or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you you can, uh, you can double tutor if you want to. Yep. I like that. Uh, next card is In Too Deep. It's just two blue for an enchantment. Uh, it's an enchantment with split second, which didn't think they ever didn't think they ever be going back split second. Yeah, didn't <laughs> be going back to split second. So it's enchant creature, planeswalker, or clue. Enchanted permanent is a colorless clue artifact with two sacrifices artifact, draw a card, and loses all other abilities. I can't so, immediately see what's going on here, but why would you copy a clue to make a clue? So you enchant a creature, planeswalker, or clue. Enchantment is a clue. Yeah, I don't know why you would enchant a clue token to make it a clue token. Yeah. But whatever you enchant becomes a clue token, so. Yeah, unless you I mean, could play, unless you could play this at instant speed with like like if you had Vidalcan or Ori out, you could play it in response to them sacking the artifact to draw a card, and then they wouldn't be able to. So I so what I think it is is that uh, the if you make a clue have split second, I guess that's what it does. Uh, so you can draw a card at instant speed at or split second speed. Yeah, which doesn't really matter. You no, I mean, it 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 does. If you need to put something on the stack and you need to draw a card badly, you can do it in response. So it basically makes you have a clue at instant speed. But can't you just do sacrifice a clue at instant speed anyways? Yeah, what I'm saying, like the enchantment has split second, not the clue you're making with it. And the enchantment can be cast as a normal sorcery speed, unless you have Vidalcan. Well, Orion. what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, you're not. They just can't respond to it. The split second's good because they can't respond to it, so they can't like, like if you play this on their card that has a sacrifice, get a land. They can't do that. They just have a clue. But I don't get why you'd ever enchant a clue. So I don't know why that's on there. But yeah, the, I... it, it basically turns any creature or planeswalker to a clue token, which is fantastic, and they can't respond to it by. Using a sacrifice outlet. No, yeah, it's it is good. Like, oh, you have a That's you have a oh, sorry, Siri. It's like, oh, you have a a ten ten trample haste indestructible. Nah, nah, it's a clue token. I mean, a ten ten haste indestructible would be. You'd still take ten probably, but. And I'm turning that into a clue token. You get to draw a card. Yeah. That's a pretty and, good card. Like if you play the Imprison the Moon and stuff like that, this is just better than those. So, yeah, I mean Imprison the Moon, they don't get to draw a card, but I suppose it's it's not bad. We'll give it a we'll give it a a, a, a thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Mask of the Schemer. 
two and a blue for an artifact equipment. Whenever an equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, it conveys X, or connives X, I mean. Connives X, for X is the amount of damage that is dealt to the player. So you'll draw X cards, discard X, and then put a 1-1 counter on it for each non-land card this way, and the equip cost is 2. I like it. It's pretty good. It's basically you're going to loot a bunch whenever you attack with it. Yep. And then, you know, the, the possibly, rest of it possibly above, above, your creature. above your creature. It's not bad. It's not great, but it works. Um, our next card is Shield Broker. It's three and two blue for a three four Cephalid Advisor. When Shield Broker enters the battlefield, put a shield counter on target non commander creature you don't control. You gain control of that creature for as long as it has a shield counter on it. Pretty good. It's pretty good, except for they could just immediately ping it so they get it back. But Yes. They'd have to, though. Yeah. I mean, but either way, it's still good because you gain control sign. Also, not super great. You can't turn your commanders, but, I mean, whatever. It's not, it's not a huge issue. It's a 3-4 for 5. It's not super great, but it's not super bad either. Yep. And you can always add more shield counters to the card so that you have it for Exactly. Long. Just infinite shield counters always just have their creature forever and ever. Yep. The artwork's kind of creepy. I like it. It's like Cthulhu. Yeah, like Cthulhu guy. Wearing a suit. He's a cephalid advisor. Yeah. Next up, we got the Sinister Concierge. It's a one and a blue for a 2-1 human wizard. Uh, when it dies, you may exile it and put three time counters on it. If you do, exile up to one target creature and put three time counters on it. Each card exiled this way that doesn't have suspend gains suspend. Okay, so this dies, it gains suspend three, basically, and then you exile some other creature that, with three counters, then they'll both come back. I like it. Yeah, so you can slow down your opponent with it, or you could just, if you have like an ETB thing you want to play again, and three turns later, you can do that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, inter- it's an interesting... Uh... New effect. I've never heard of anything do that before. So, yeah, it's yeah, interesting. I like it. It'll also be a way, like you said, a way to slow them down. It also only costs two. So, yeah, and yeah, that's not bad. Next card is Skyway Roberts, three and a blue for a three-three bird rogue with flying and escape. The escape cost is three and a blue, and exile five other cards from your graveyard. So, Skyway Robber escapes with whatever Skyway. Robber escapes, deals combat damage to a player. You may cast an artifact, instant, or sorcery spell from among cards exiled with Skyway Robber without paying its mana cost. So you're going to play it as 4 for a 3-3 flying. Immediately want it to die. So you can play it again as a 3-3 that allows you to play artifact cards that you escaped on it. Yep. Although, you know, I I like a 3-3 flyer for 4 anyways. Yeah, it's a solid card. Like, just by itself, it's decent. It's a very good card to pitch to the Connives ability. Yes, 100%. So then you just pitch it and escape it right away. It's good to pitch to any ability. Yeah. 
So I, I, I like that card. It'll be fun. Next up, we got the Storm of Forms. It's three and a blue for an instant. When you cast this spell, copy it for each kind of counter among permanents you control. You may choose new targets for the copies. Return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. That's kind of crazy. I, I, it's, it's meh. You think it's, it's meh? It's 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 slow. It's it's just slow. I feel like in the deck you're gonna play this, it's at least gonna be four to bounce two things. But like most of the time you could have because you could have a shield counter or a one counter, you can get a trample or vigilance counter, probably. It's still slow. It is slow, but say say majority of the time is gonna be four for two things. Would you play that card? Four for bounce two things? No. No, you wouldn't play that? It's no. okay. I mean, yeah, it's not as good as, like, Cyclonic Rift or something. But Yeah, I mean, Cyclonic Rift is two for bounce a thing. But, so, it, it basically, this is two Cyclonic Rifts, but you can't overload. Right. It's a conditional overload. So, I'd rather just pay seven mana to overload and bounce everything. Especially in Commander. That's true. It's an okay so, card. I, I don't know. It's not horrible. It's not the worst card I've ever seen. But it's just, there's strictly better cards. It's probably one of the cards you'd cut out of the pre-con deck. Yeah, I'd cut it for a Cyclonic Rift. <laughs> <laughs> Next card is Swindler's Scheme. It's two and a blue for an enchantment. Whenever an opponent casts a spell from their hand, you may reveal the top card of your library. If it shares a card type with that spell, counter that spell, and that opponent may cast a revealed card without paying its mana cost. Man, this is just bad, right? It's it's like you're countering what, you're balance. countering what they yeah you're countering what they play, and then they, they can, can play cast card. whatever card you had on top to counter. I mean, you could sit there and use you can sit there like use top to make it not great but it's still like you're giving them something for countering their you're giving, yeah but usually you're going to counter like you save this for someone playing like a, a, a Sahili's directive or something like I'd rather give them the top card of my library than all the let cards. them win the game yeah yeah you counter something that wins them the game this is a great card but just in general it's it's not a good way to counter spells also, if you don't have top, then this is just a crapshoot. Yeah, then it's just completely random. Chaos. It's not really chaos, but um, it's it's just bad if you don't have top. <laughs> Pretty much. So uh, that's all we got for blue. What's your favorite oh, blue card? Also, Swindler's Scheme is one of the set booster cards. Oh, set booster only cards, yeah. Yep. My favorite card of blue. I don't. In too deep is pretty sweet, actually. Yeah, that's a cool. I, card. I, I also like the extravagant replication. But I yeah. have I have my uh, my blue red artifacts commander deck, and I think that's going to be sweet in there. Yeah, I think the coolest card to me that I like is the sinister concierge, just because I like the artwork and it's kind of a cool effect. You like the art for Sinister Concierge? Yeah. I can't say I agree. It's just rather bland. But the effect is pretty sweet, yeah. 
Oh, Kirk kind of stands up to me. The most powerful is probably the change of plans because it's another. Yeah. Save your I, creatures and give them all one ones and draw boot a bunch of stuff. Yeah. No, my but my favorite artwork for this blue is probably the extravagant replication. That's that's pretty cool too with the either. Yeah. Guy. Or into into deepest sweet. It kind of looks like he is kind of like shifting. Yeah, like half ghost. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty, pretty. The, a lot, a lot of the art in this set is cool. The cephalid face taker has pretty sweet art too. All right, on to black. First card we got is bellowing mauler, four and a black for a four six ogre warrior. At the beginning of your end step, each player loses four life unless they sacrifice a non-token creature. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Four six for five, lose four. Need a second non-token board wipe, and then just play this. Yeah, <laughs> except for yourself too. You'd sack itself then, but so you need other things to sack. Yeah, there's there's easy ways to do that in black, where you like blow up everything but your creatures. It's doable. I'm not saying it's great if you board wipe and then play it because you have to sacrifice it, but uh, there's ways to do it where you save your cards. But it also it just board wipes it on its on its own. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of like a it's a slow board wipe. But it's like it, a mini mini shieldred, but they lose four if, if they can't sack. Yep, I have a feeling you're going to have a lot of people losing four life. Yep. Especially in Commander. Slowly drain them down. Yep. Next card is Body Count. It's a two and a black for an instant with Spectacle. One black. Uh, draw a card for each creature that died under your control this turn. So this is good because if you play this in response to a board wipe, you're just going to draw a bullet of cards. Exactly. Um. The spectacle cost is interesting because you could like do it all out swing, so that they lose damage, and then just anything that dies, you could draw cards for. Yeah. Yep. I, I I like it. It's a pretty good card. I like the artwork for this card too. It's just like a dude. Yeah, pretty sweet dude. With, like getting his head, is his head cut, or is it just like I can't? Or is it just flat like, on top? Looks like he has a weird head. But yeah. what I'm what I'm drawn to is it looks like he has a a Thanos glove. <laughs> yeah, and it goes, your friends stay quiet. Guy. Yeah, and then it goes, your friends stay quiet. Look what happened to them. You're feeling a little more talkative yet? Yeah. <laughs> it's like beating them up. It's pretty cool art for that card. Next up is the Dogged Detective. It's a one and a black for a 2-1 human rogue. When it enters the battlefield, you surveil two, which is your look at the top two cards of the library, put any number of them in the graveyard and the rest on top. And whenever an opponent draws their second card each turn, you may return him from your graveyard to your hand. I like it. It's, it's cheap. Cheap, for, cheap surveil. It's uh, good for graveyard decks. Yeah, cheap surveil, and you can keep bringing them back. Yep, I like cards that just come back after effects. This is another cool artwork card. Yeah, he's... Uh, I don't know. It kind of looks pretty cool to me. 
Next card is Lethal Scheme. It's two and two black for an instant with Convoke. Destroy target creature or planeswalker. Each creature that convoked Lethal Scheme connives. Awesome. Yeah, so most of the time you're going to play this for two mana and tap two creatures, destroy something, and then loot twice. Yep. That's, that's super good to me. Pretty good to me. <laughs> I'd play this in my black deck. I would play it in a black deck that I don't even have. <laughs> build, build a black deck. That's going to be the kill spell people want. Yep. Uh, next up, we got Make an Example. Three and a black for a sorcery. Each opponent separates the creatures they control into two piles. For each opponent, you choose one of the piles, and they sacrifice the chosen pile. So it's basically going to get rid of half of people's creatures. Yeah, it's not, not the worst. It's not the worst, but it's not the greatest either. No. Because they could just be like, well, I really want these, or I really want these. Yeah. But you might be able to get rid. You'll be able to get rid of some problems. Yeah, I'm gonna plug my headset in here. Starting to die. Also, um, forces them to have to put like one of each of their good things in each pile, probably, and then you just sack one of them. Yeah, so you'll be able to get rid of a problem, most likely for each opponent. Not horrible. I don't know why you like. I I can under, I can think of ways that you would want a pile to be empty, but. Yeah, if you want all of your stuff to die. Yeah. I like the art of that, too, to be honest. Yeah, the artwork of the set is good. And the names. Like, I like the names, because, like, um, it could just be something, stu- like, shorthand, you know. But now this is, like, make an example. I'm making an example of half of your creatures, you know. Yeah. Don't play on my battlefield, or I'll, I'll make an example <laughs> Next card is Mari the uh, Killing Quill. It's one and two black for a Vampire Assassin 3-2. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, exile it with a hit counter. Assassins, mercenaries, and rogues you control have death touch, and whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, you may remove a hit counter from a card that player owes in exile. If you do, draw a card and create two treasure tokens. This is also one of the set booster-only cards. This card's really good, I think. Uh, I think just, it would be too. Just by itself, it's a 3-2 death touch, and whenever their stuff dies, they get exiled, and then if you hit them with it, you get two treasure tokens and draw a card. Yeah. And then if you play this as, your, as a commander, you can do Assassin, Mercenary, Rogue, Tribal. Yep, that'll be fun. I'd actually like to do that. Like, that'd be a cool deck. Yep. And it's it's just actually a super powerful card. Yeah, I think this is really good. Yep. Uh, next up, we got the Misfortune Teller. It's three and a black for a three-one with Death Touch, Human Warlock. Uh, when it enters the battlefield or deals combat damage to a player, you exile target card from a graveyard. If it was a creature card, create a two-two black rogue creature token. If it was a land card, create a treasure token. Otherwise, gain three life. Interesting. This is good if you can get it through unblocked a bunch. Um, just because being able to get a 2 2 treasure or life every round is pretty good. Yeah. Um, it does cost four, though, which is a little s- steep, I think. Three That's mana. Three one and death touch. Yeah, about three mana would be the sweet spot, I think. A three mana would be 
Super good card. Yeah. This is like fringe on, do I cut it because it costs four, or do I play it because it's got a good effect? Yeah. And it'll be played plenty. <laughs> Our next card is Protection Racket. It's two in, a, two in a swamp for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, repeat the following process for each opponent in turn order. Reveal the top card of your library. That player may pay life equal to that card's CMC. If they do, exile that card. Otherwise, put it in your hand. So I feel like most of the time, the players are just going to take the life so you don't get their card. Yeah. But Oh, but it is an enchantment, so it's every single upkeep. That's really good. Yeah, exactly. That's really good, though. Well, it's, it's not either... every single upkeep. It's every single of your upkeep. Yeah, but that's every turn. You're either you're either going to draw three cards or make them take damage. I mean, unless you hit lands every time. But yeah, I I like that card. I like it a lot, actually. I probably I honestly would almost rather play this over the uh, the Frixian Arena where you just draw a card because like, this way you could get three cards. Well, you don't you don't lose life for playing this, right? And it's cheaper than Frix. It's not cheaper than Frixian. It's the same mana cost, basically three mana. But um, Frixian Arena is two swamps, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's you're not. To play this. It's easier to play this than Frixian Arena, and I like it. I don't like Frixian Arena, so I like this card compared to it. This card seems really good to me. I yep, feel like I'm gonna play this in every black deck. I'd like to get a foil of this because I think that would look sweet with the artwork. Yeah, big ass hammer. Yep. Next up, we got Waste Management. Two and a black for an instant that has Kicker for three and a black. Exile the two target cards from a graveyard, from a single graveyard. If the spell is kicked, instead exile target player's graveyard and create a 2 2 black rogue creature token for each creature card exiled this way. So it's three mana, exile two cards, or seven mana, exile their graveyard and make a bunch of tokens. Awesome. It's very, very good against my deck. Super good against <laughs> your, your, your Carador deck. Yeah. Might have to sideboard that in. Uh, very good if you have people playing graveyard decks. Otherwise, it's not good. It's also not good if you don't pay the kick cost. <laughs> yeah, if you don't pay the kick cost, it's just three for exile two cards. Like I'd rather just play something else. I'd rather not play this and not play something else. Well, you could play Relic or, like, Surgical or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, to do the same. Like, I'd rather play Bajookabog than not kick this. Yeah. 99% of the time, this is going to be kicked. But then I don't think it's good if you have to pay 7 to do that. Like, it's it's a... it's a It does cost a lot. It's a scenario effect. Yeah. And our next card is Wave of Rats. It's 3 in a Swamp for a 4-2 Rat with Trample. When it dies, if it dealt combat damage to a player this turn, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. And it also has a uh, Blitz 4 and a Swamp cost. So, if you Blitz this, hit hit him for damage, you sacrifice it due to the Blitz, draw a card, and then it comes back because of the effect of ready for dealing damage. Yep. I think that's pretty good. So blitzing it is good because you can keep drawing and swinging the forge trample. I think it's I think it's good pain four for it, and not the blitz cost. I mean, it's good that way too. You just have to wait a turn to swing because blitz gives it haste. 
Yes, true. There's only one more mana to get haste. Yeah, but I think I mean I still think it's good. A four for a four two with trample. Yeah, it's good either way. Still pretty good. It's a bunch of rats there too. Wave of rats. The way that uh, the artwork is painted, it makes it look like the rats are giant too. Yeah, it's a forced forced perspective. Like the guy in the back looks like the same height as the front rat. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh my god, it's giant rats! Oh man, a wave of rats is attacking me. Uh, next up, we got the Rid of Return. It's three black black for return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped, but it has Cipher, so you may exile the spell and code it on a creature you control. Whenever that creature does combat damage to a player, you may cast a copy of this card without paying its mana cost. It's good. It's good. It sucks that the creature you're back is tapped. Yeah, I think it'd be too good if it didn't, though. Um... <laughs> Just every turn, you just break, like, and then every turn you get something back. Yeah, so it makes your creature into like an ink eyes, right? Where you get something back when it hits damage. Yeah, so. I mean it's 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 good. It's not great. It could be better. But yeah, it's good. good but not great. Yep. Next card is Xander's Pact. It's four and two swamps for a sorcery with casualty two. Each opponent exiles the top card of their library. You may cast spells from among those cards this turn. If you cast a spell this way, pay life equal to that spell's mana value rather than pay its mana cost. What do you think? So, so you pay six. Everybody flips over the top card. You can cast them all for your life instead of mana. And then if you casualty two, you do that again. I feel if you casualty it, it might be worth it. Two cards, and you can cast them all from everyone's deck. It would be six things. Yeah, I I don't... I mean, it sucks if you whiff into land. You just wasted six mana and a creature, but... Odds are you're going to hit something, though. Yeah. Or if you just hit all like things, not six mana worth of stuff, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. I still think it's pretty good, you know. It's good. It's pretty so good. It's, it's card. it could be very good, or it could be like, or you could whiff on it, obviously. But it's a good card. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's it for black. What's uh, your favorite card in black? My favorite card, Mari, the Killing Quill. That's what I'd say. My favorite card is too. I really that would be a sweet commander deck. Either that or Lethal Scheme. Lethal Scheme is a badass card. Yeah, I think uh, Lethal Scheme I feels like the most powerful to me. That and the protective rack, protection racket. Yep. I Well, protection racket isn't super strong. Like, it's good. Um, but Lethal Scheme, oh, two black and convoke two for destroy target creature, and each creature that convoked gets to connive. I think that's going to be sweet. I think that's sweet, too. You're, you'd be able to abuse that, definitely. Plus, so, the artwork for Lethal Scheme is my favorite artwork of the black cards. It does look really cool. Yeah, Bunch it's of got ghost, like, ghostly, knives. ghostly knives. I like that a lot. Next up, we got the red cards. We got Audacious Swap. 
It's three and a red for an instant with casualty two, so you can set creature power two or greater to copy it. Let me choose their targets. Uh, the owner of target non-enchantment permanent shuffles into their library, then exiles the top card of your library. If it's a land card, they put it on the battlefield. Otherwise, they cast it up hands mana cost. Yeah. I really don't like that they get to play something after it. It gets rid of a problem, though. Yeah, it does. It's kind of like a chaos warp. Or whatever that is. Is that what that's called? The three mana one that does that? I, I think so. It's, I don't know, it's... I'm torn on it because it gets rid of an answer, but they could just get it back. Yeah, I mean it's good if you like say they swing at you the blight steel. It's like okay, you ain't you ain't gonna get killed at least. This turn. Yeah, like you you you're you're gonna get you're gonna get rid of a problem, but then they could just replay that problem. I mean the odds are lower, but I feel like in mono red you're more likely to play this because there's not a ton of like just kill like indestructible things in red. True. Um, true. Other than that, like if you're splashing white or something, you're just going to play something else. Exactly. Uh, next card is Determined Iteration. It's uh, one and a red for an enchantment. And at the beginning of your, at the beginning of combat on your turn, populate the token created this way gains haste. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. That's really good. Two mana populate every turn? Yeah. With haste? Like that's gonna I go in that, that that's gonna go in that Rhino Precon deck for sure. Yeah, for sure. Populate deck. I, I like it. Very good in the populate or token deck, otherwise it's not playable, but <laughs> it's it, it is because I mean you create a token that's a copy of a token creature you control. Well Right, because you need a yeah. token first for it to work. But there's other cards that aren't in token decks that make tokens. True. So it's it's not bad, but it's situational. Uh, next card we got is a dual card here. We got Indulge is two and a red for a sorcery. Whenever a creature you control attacks this turn, create a 1-1 one, one green and white citizen creature token that's tapped and attacking. And then in the graveyard, you can cast it because it has aftermath on the second half and it's excess for one and a red. Create a treasure token for each creature you control that dealt da- combat damage to a player this turn. Like so it. most time you're probably going to want to play them both at once because you're going to play three, swing with your board, pay three, make a bunch of dudes that are attacking along with it. And then after all the ones dealt damage, you play excess and draw a card for everything that dealt damage, or create a treasure token. I mean, for everything that dealt damage. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're not going to sit and wait for it. It's going to be the same turn you play these. Yeah, it's going to be five man to play. It's good in like a go wide deck tokens. Yep. yep, pretty pretty good. Next card is Industrial Advancement. It's three in a red for an enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, you may sacrifice a creature. If you do, look at the top X cards of your library, where X is that creature's mana value. You may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. I like this card. It's kind of like Red Polymorph. Yeah, I like it. I think I'm going to put it in my Goblins deck. Yeah, it could be good, especially if you have ETB triggers or something. You just sag it, get something else. Yep. Pretty good. Uh, next up is Life of the Party. 
It's three in a red for a 0-1 Elemental with First Strike, Trample, and Haste. Whenever Life of the Party attacks, it gets plus X plus zero until end of turn, where X is the number of creatures you control. And when Life of the Party enters the battlefield, if it's not a token, each opponent creates a token that's a copy of it, and the tokens are goaded for the rest of the game. So you play this. Your opponents each get a copy of it. First Strike Trample Haster. Your opponent's ones are goaded, and whenever you swing, you it gets plus X plus O for every creature you control when it attacks. And it's First Strike Trample Haste. Yeah, I, I like it. It's, I feel like it's really good in a token deck because you're just going to have a lot of... It's going to be really big, and because of the First Strike Trample, you're, they're going to need to block with a ton of stuff. Yep. That's pretty good. Our next card is Mezio Mugger. I like the art on this, too. That's badass. It's like a big demon guy. Yep. It's four and a red for a 3-3 Viashino Rogue creature. Whenever Mezio Mugger attacks, exile the top card of each player's library. You may play those cards this turn, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast those spells. It also has Blitz for red and a two. So that's really good with Blitz. Otherwise, for five, it's still good, because this is basically a mini, uh, what's the big dinosaur? Atali. Yep. It's a mini Atali. So it's a sweet card. It's cheaper than Atali, so you're probably going to play this if you play Atali, or if you just want that effect. And just to be able to blitz it for three to just get that effect right away, that's cool. Yep, super good. I like that card. Like I said, sweet art. Next up, we got Reign of Riches. It's three red-red for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you create two treasure tokens. The first spell you cast each turn, that mana from a treasure was spent to cast, has Cascade. I like that a lot. That's really good, especially in a treasures deck, and you just spend a treasure, and then you get Cascade. Yep. I I love Cascading. Next card is Ro- Rose Room Treasure. It's three and a red for a 4-3 Ogre Warrior with Alliance. Every other creature, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, create a treasure token. If this is the first or second time this ability is resolved this turn. Otherwise, you may pay X. When you do, Rose Room Treasure deals X damage to any target. That's good. I like it. So you play a creature, get a treasure. Play a creature, get a treasure. Play a third creature... Pay X, deal X. Play a fourth creature, pay X, deal X. Yep. It's pretty good. If you have a crap start, ton of useless mana, just pop yep, this off. Start pinging off things. Go to town. Next up, we got Seize the Spotlights. Two in a red for a sorcery. Each opponent chooses fame or fortune. For each cho- player who chose fame, gain control of a creature that player controls until end of turn. Untap it, they gain haste until end of turn. For each player who chose Fortune, you draw a card and create a treasure token. So red card draw, or you just gain control of a bunch of their stuff and swing at them. Yep. I think it's good for only three mana. It's better than uh, the other gain control effects for three. Or five, or whatever they are. Yeah, I like it. It's It works. You gotta hope they have something big they don't want you to have, though, because I feel like it's better to just draw a card and get a treasure than it. But if they have something big, you're like, okay, thank you. Exactly. So. Next card is Spellbinding Soprano. 
It's one in red for a 2-2 human bard. Whenever spellbinding, spellbinding soprano attacks, instant and sorcery spells you cast this turn cost one less. It has an encore of three in a red. I like that. Yeah, so it's two for two two. You swing with it, everything costs one less. And then if you encore it from the graveyard, you swing with three of them, and then everything costs three less for a turn. Yep. If you're playing against, you know, three other people. people. Yeah. <laughs> Which is average commander pod is four, I think. Yep. That's pretty good. Yeah, it might be an add-in into a storm deck. Next card, we got Spiteful Repossession. It's four and a red for a sorcery. Deals damage to each opponent who controls more lands than you equal to the difference. Then create a number of treasure tokens equal to the number of damage dealt this way. So if you're behind in lands, they're all taking a bunch of damage, and then you're getting them any treasure tokens. It's basically shitty mana, or what is it, land tax. Yeah. Uh, but it's good. I, I like this card. It's not shitty. But it's it's worse than land tax, but it's also not white. Right. It's uh, I like this card. It's playable. Yep. This is also uh, one of those set set boosters only cards. Yes, it is. It's I like that card. Late payment shall be extracted, however they see fit. Excellent flavor text. The last red card is called Turf War. Uh, four and a red for an enchantment when it enters the battlefield for each player put a contested counter on target land that player controls whenever a creature deals combat damage to a player if that player controls one or more lands with contested counters on them that creature's control gains control of one of those lands of their choice and untaps it so you just keep passing your contested lands around to everyone else Since whenever a creature gets counters to a player, you take a contested land from them. So you're just going to keep taking people's lands and you're fighting over the lands. So it really is a turf war. (laughs) One of those chaos cards. Yeah, I don't think it's that good of a card, but it it fits the name and it fits the theme of it. It has cool art. Yeah. At the very least. I, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's a very good card. We'll right, see. What... I, mean, I suppose it could be abused, but... Yeah, so what's your favorite red card? My favorite red card? I think we all already know. What? The Maybe mugger? we don't. The mugger's sweet. Um, mine is actually, it's actually Reign of Riches, to be honest. It's a good card. I like yeah, the determined... I like the determined iteration. Yeah, that's a very good card, too. I like Reign of Riches just because I love Cascade. Yeah, I also like the uh, Rose Room Treasure. It's pretty cool. Yep. What's your favorite art of the red cards? Probably the determined iteration or the treasure as well. Yeah, I like the I like the Reign of Riches. It's got the dragon up on top. Of it. It's, it, it reminds me of uh, The Hobbit. I feel like the most powerful is probably Rain of Ridges. Just keep cascading things. Yeah. Treasure is pretty good, too. Yep. 
uh, the art for Audacious Swap is actually pretty sweet, too. Yeah. All right, next on the green, the first one is Boxing Ring. It's one and a green for an artifact. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield of your control, it fights up to one turret creature you don't control at the same mana value. Then it has tap, create a treasure token. Activate only if you control a creature that fought this turn. And this is also a card you can only get in the set boosters. I like that card. I like this card too. Keep fighting and making treasures. For two? Yeah, why not? Next card is Bribe Taker. It's five and a green for a 6-6 six, six with Trample. When it enters the battlefield, for each kind of counter on permanence you control, you may put your choice of a 1-1 one, one counter or a counter of that kind on Bribe Taker. It's pretty love good. It. I, I love the artwork. Big-ass rhino. Dude. Art, artwork, this one is, I'm not even, I haven't even looked at the rest of the green cards, but this is my favorite one. <laughs> right now. Looks so cool. Yeah, sick. you need a lot a pretty uh, if you have a lot of counters, this is gonna be good. Um, a lot of different kind of counters. Like Cathrol deck, this is gonna be very good in that. This is gonna be good in my my Simic deck. Cause it's not yeah. even a cast, it's when it enters the battlefield. Yeah, so you could just play it and then you know you get stuff for every counter on things. Either way, it's six for six six trampler. Yeah. I like it. Next up, we got Caldea Guardian. It's three and a green for a 4-3 human soldier. When it enters the battlefield or another creature you control with mana value four or greater dies. Or no, whenever it or another creature you control with mana value four or greater dies, create two 1-1 one, one green and white citizen creature tokens. And it has blitz for two and a green. That's good. So you can blitz it and get two one ones right away, or you can just play it and then every time your big stuff dies, you get tokens back. It's it it's it works. I don't like the effect. I think I think it's good in your Simic deck. Anytime anything dies, you get two tokens. As long as it has four or CMC or higher. It's just two one ones. Yeah, it's two one ones. Yeah. It's good. I think yeah. it's yeah. good. Yeah. You don't like two one ones? It's value, but it's two one ones. I'm gonna be more mad that I lost whatever I had that died. That's true. But at least you get something back. Yeah, fine. <laughs> one ones. I'll die on this hill. <laughs> Next card is Crash the Party. It's five and a green for an instant. Create a tapped four four green rhino warrior creature token. For each tapped creature you control, awesome. Yeah, if you especially if you have a way to like tap your creatures, like if you have a null mage or a heritage or druid or something, or if you attack with all of them, right? Oh yeah, you could just attack with all of them and activate this too before they block and get a bunch of four fours. Yep, it's good. It's another. It's a good. It's a good effect. It's another uh, rhino guy walking in there. He's got a big drink and he's got a girlfriend. He goes, the profits from that night barely paid for the damages. (laughs) Yep. All the rhinos. All the rhinos. Rhino party. Uh, Next up we got Dodgy Jalopy. Yep. 
for a it's two and a green for a star five vehicle it has trample its power is equal to the highest mana value among creatures you control it has crew three so three to crew it and it has scavenge for three and you'll exile it and put one one counters equal to its power on target creature i like it this is a super good vehicle how many green vehicles are there a couple like there's the chariot but that's the only other one i can yeah. think of off the top of my head there's not that many so i getting green vehicle might yeah that's cool nice. that looks like a giant like bug car thing uh did you notice it's on cinder blocks someone yeah took the wheel. <laughs> someone took the wheels, someone took the wheels away <laughs> pretty, pretty sweet art uh next card is family's favor it's two and a green for enchantment Whenever you attack, put a shield counter on target attacking creature. Until end of turn, it gains whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player. Remove a shield counter from it. If you do, draw a card. That's super good. Green, green draw cards. Yeah, so every time you attack, you get a shield counter on it. So if they block it, you just lose the shield counter. And if they don't, you can remove the shield counter anyway to draw cards. Yep. That's good. Protects your creatures and draws your cards. Yep, I like that card. And it's every time. Yeah, it's any time you attack. It's not an in- yep. Uh, next up is First Responder. Three and a green for a 3-3 three, three Vigilance Ogre Citizen. Uh, at the beginning of your end step, you may return another creature you control to its owner's hand, then put a number of 1-1 one, one counters equal to that creature's power on First Responder. So keep bouncing your things to your hand and getting a bunch of 1-1 one, one counters. So I'll return my Avenger of Zendikar, put five on ones on this, and then replay my Avenger. <laughs> yeah, I I like that card. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's good in that scenario for sure. Uh, next card is Killer Service. It's two and a green for an enchantment. When it, when it enters the battlefield, create a number of food tokens equal to the number of opponents you have. At the beginning of your end step, you may pay two and sack a token. If you do, create a 4-4 green Rhino Warrior creature token. I like that card, too. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I like the artwork, Turn- too. It's just a Rhino, like, waiter. <laughs> well, yeah, because then you sacrifice your food. You, he gets rid of his food, and then he turns into a creature. Yeah, he turns into a 4-4. Sacrifice, sacrifice your food and turn into a 4-4 Rhino. Yeah, it's and I like that the end ability is it's any token. It doesn't have to be the food token. So, like, you could just exactly. have a 1-1 one, one and sack that for a 4-4. Four, four. Exactly. Or the food token. Instead yeah. of gaining three life, you can turn it into a 4-4. Four, four, which, honestly, as, we, uh, as a person who's been playing Magic for a while, I've always been of the firm belief that life is a resource. So, I don't necessarily care to gain three life for two mana. Yeah, I'd rather get the 4-4 Rhino. You know, I'd ra- well, there's scenarios where it's fine to gain life, like if you're about to die, but in a lot of scenarios, I'd like to have access to a green 4-4 Rhino Warrior token. Uh, next card is Next of Kin. It's two and a green for an enchantment aura. Enchants a creature. When enchanted creature dies, you may put a creature card you own with lesser mana value from your hand or from the command zone. Onto the battlefield. If you do, return next of kin to the battlefield attached to that creature at the beginning of the next end step. 
So your creature dies, you get something that costs less, and then you reattach the next of kin on it, and then that dies, and you get something else back. Keep going. That's super good. This is super good. And I like that you can play something from the commands, and so you play it on a big thing, you eventually get your commander out. Exactly. So That's really good. Our next card is a good card. Yep. Uh, the artwork's pretty sweet for it, too. Yep. Our next card is Park Heights Maverick. It's two and a green for a 2 2 human soldier with Dethrone. Park Heights Maverick can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. Whenever Park Heights Maverick deals combat damage to a player or dies, proliferate. Yeah, so you tag and you get a one. If you take the most life, you need a 1 1 counter. And then when it deals combat damage, you get to put more counters on it. Proliferate. Yep, and it can't yeah. be blocked. It can't but be blocked can, by weak things. Creatures with power two or less. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's a pretty sweet card. Uh, next up, we got Scepter of Celebration. It's two and a green for an artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two plus zero and has trample. And whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, create that many one, one green and white citizen creature tokens and has equipped cost of three. It's pretty good. Keep swinging with some trample, make a bunch of tokens. Yep, I like it. Pretty sweet art again, too. There's a lot of cool art in this set. Go to the next page. Yeah, we'll go to the next page. Did my call out for this one? Yeah. Lost track of Terror here. <laughs> <laughs> our last green card is Vivian Stampede it's four and two greens for a sorcery each creature you control gains vigilance, trample, and melee till end of turn but melee is whenever a creature with melee attacks it gets plus one and plus one till end of turn for each opponent you attack this combat at the beginning of the next main phase this turn, draw a card for each player who was dealt combat damage this turn so all your creatures get vigilance, trample, melee for six and then, if you happen to deal damage to people, you get to draw up to three cards. Yep. It's all right. I don't know. It costs six. Yeah. Like, I'd almost rather just play, like, Overrun for five. Yeah. That's for sure. So, so that's the end of the green cards. What's uh, your favorite green card? My favorite green card? I don't know. It's got to be Bribe Taker. The artwork is so cool. That is a really cool card. I like I like his ability. I think the Next of Kin is really good. I, I like that. Next of Kin is good. I like the Killer Service as well and the Bribe Taker. Yes. There's a lot of good green cards here. Yeah, all these cards are pretty good. I don't say... Do any of them seem like really busted to you? Um, No. Yeah. The most powerful is probably the next of kin, but you're gonna get an argument for any of these, probably. Yeah, some of them have weaker effects, but yeah, a lot of solid cards in green this set. All right, next we're on to multicolor. So the first uh, multicolored card we got here is Denry Kiln Editor in Chief. It's two white blue for a two two. Uh, with when it enters the battlefield, with it enters the battlefield with your choice of a one-one counter, first strike, or vigilance counter, 
And whenever a non-token creature you control enters the battlefield, if it has counters on it, put the same number and kind of counters on that creature. So you put a counter on this, and then anytime you play another creature, it gets those counters. Yeah, that's a thing. It's pretty good. My blue-white deck. Yeah, it seems pretty good in there. Yep. No. Okay, so our next card is Oscar Rubbish Reclaimer. It's three and a blue and a black for a 3-3 human wizard. With this spell costs one less to cast for each different mana value among cards in your graveyard. Whenever you cast a non-land card, you may cast it. Whenever you discard a non-land card, you may cast it from your graveyard. What do you think of that? It's pretty good. It's really like good. In, it's really good in like Mechusar. Yeah. Just cast all the cards you discard. Exactly. I like that a lot. It's going to get a lot of value. It's good in like a wheel stack. You're usually going to cast it for just a swamp and island too. Mm-hmm. Unless you try to cast it on turn five and there might not be stuff in your graveyard, but that would be a good card. Yep. Uh, next up we got Srix, the Carrier of Flame. It's two, a black and a red for a 3-3 Flying Haste Phoenix. Uh, at the beginning of each end step, if a creature card left your graveyard this turn, target Phoenix you control deals damage equal to its power to any target. And whenever another Phoenix you control dies, you may cast Srix, Carrier of the Flame, from your graveyard. So this uh, feels like a Phoenix Tribal deck, Commander. Phoenix Tribal. Oh, yeah. Phoenix Everybody's going to be out there making Phoenix Tribal decks. Yeah, all of the Phoenix Tribals. I might make a Phoenix Tribal deck. Do it. That'd be fun. Would be. I don't know how much support Phoenixes have, but... Well, you just play every red-black Phoenix you can find. And then just yeah. staple red-black cards after that. <laughs> fill, fill the board with a bunch of changelings. Like, these are also Phoenixes. There you go. All right. Uh, yeah, that's a good card. Next up, we got Jolene the Plunder Queen. Two and a red and a green for a legendary creature, Human Warrior 2-2. Two, two. Whenever a player attacks one or more of your opponents, that attacking player creates a treasure token. If you would create one or more treasure tokens, instead create those tokens plus an additional treasure token. Sacrifice five treasures, put five 1-1 one, one counters on Jolene the Plunder Queen. I uh, love this card. Yeah, treasure token commander if you just want to do green-red. Also, you it, just its effect of whenever you create treasures, you make extra treasures <coughs> is really good. <coughs> so you can... Might want to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I I would love to make this deck. I think it'd be it's, sweet. It's a sweet card. Plus, you got that Infinity Gauntlet. Yep. Jolene's taking all the gold. All the, all gold. the gems. Uh, next up, we got Bess, the Soul Nourisher. Uh, one green and a white for a 1-1 one, one legendary creature, human citizen. Whenever one or more other creatures with base power 1-1 one, one enter the battlefield of your control, put a 1-1 one, one counter on Bess. Whenever Bess attacks, each other creature you control with base power and toughness 1-1 one, one, 
It's plus this plus X to determine where X is and where one one counters on. So this is like a commander where you play one one tribal. Just all your creatures are one ones. James, this is going in your deck. Knock 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 knock. <laughs> one one tribal could be cool. Token deck. Token deck too. Yeah. I mean, straight up. But I'm, one, just thinking, I'm just one, thinking one, like tribal. I'm just thinking like you play the Fang of Sageki, one for one one death touch, a bunch of stuff like that. Yeah, that'd be fun. Just one 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 tribal. Yeah. Probably be a pretty cheap deck to make too. Probably. <laughs> That's a pretty sweet card. I like the art on that too. Yeah, it's cool. Next card is Life Insurance. It's three a white and a black for an enchantment with the extort. Whenever a non-token creature dies, you lose one life and create a treasure token. Seems good. Seems Whenever good. your creature dies, you get a treasure token, and you can extort all your spells. Yep. I like it. Uh, next up, we got Cryptic Pursuit. Two red-blue for an enchantment. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand, you manifest the top card of your library. Whenever a face-down creature you control dies, exile it. If it's an instant or sorcery card, you may cast that card until the end of your next turn. So you manifest your cards. You can normally cast the creatures up. and then. But if it dies and it happens to be instant or sorcery, you can exile it and cast it till the end of your next turn. It's okay. I don't makes, that. makes manifesting semi-good, at least. Yeah. You can still cast the cards. <laughs> I mean, I don't really like it, but it's it works in what it works in. I mean, you could do, like, Instant Sorcery Tribal, and then every time you cast one, you're getting a 2-2 creature, and then when it dies, you'll be able to cast that Instant Sorcery later. So you could just play, like, like, cheap Instant Sorcery deck. It's not horrible, but it's it's, uh, situational, for sure. I like the art. Yeah, the artwork is better than the card, in my opinion. Yeah. (laughs) Next card is Grime Gorger. It's two, a black and a forest. Or a black and a green, swamp and a forest, however you want to say it. It's a 3 3 horror with menace. Whenever Grime Gorger attacks, exile up to one card of each card type from Defending Player's Graveyard. Put a 1 1 counter on Grime Gorger for each card exiled this way. So it's like a giant goyf, but it eats up the graveyard? It's a goif turned into a horror creature because you attack and you're like, all right, I'm going to exile a sorcery, an instant a creature, and then put all that many 1 1 counters on it. Yeah. And it has menace. It's pretty good. It's not, I, I, I don't want to say it's better than goif ever. No, but it's not It's not better than goif, but it's just cool. It's a cool card. Goif, goif can lose, it'll say, you, say, a, Say you exile all graveyards. Goyf is just a what? Two, three? Zero, one. Zero, one? Yeah. This, you exile shit from their graveyard. Yep. And it, you, you can't, I mean, hey, your creature can die, but, you know. You it's just, pretty good. It doesn't lose power and toughness. Right. I think I think so. you play this, people are going to use a kill spell on it because they don't want you to eat up their cards. Yeah, most likely. Next up, we got the Prosperous Partnership. 
It's one red and a white for an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you create two 1-1 one, one green and white scissor creature tokens. And then it has tap three untapped creatures you control, make a treasure token. That's pretty good. It's a good card. Yep. Token deck, and then you uh, make some treasure tokens. A lot to do with citizens in this deck, or this set. Pretty sweet. Be fun to find the uh, cool combos that are made. Heck yeah. Next card is Agent's Toolkit. It's one and a forest and an island for an artifact. That's a clue. So Agent and Agent's Toolkit enters the battlefield with a 1-1 counter, a flying counter, a death catch counter, and a shield counter on it. Whenever you a creature you control whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you remove a counter from Agent's Toolkit onto that creature. Two sacrifice Agent's Toolkit, draw a card. So it's a clue that has counters on it that lets you move counters to other things. Now we know why that other card lets you enchant a clue, because you can enchant this and make it have no abilities except for the clue part. Yeah. <laughs> I would want to play it on this, because that's a this is a god, godly card. I think in my it's opinion. Good, yeah. Three mana, you're going to get to put uh, different effects on like four different things. You can I'm putting this in my... I'm putting this in my Simic deck so I can have a flying Blightsteel. Yeah. Or a shield counter on something, or death touch, or 1-1. One, one, or, or, then when you use up all the counters, you just sack it to draw a card. And then re return from your graveyard. Mm -hmm. Bring it back and do it again. But can you imagine flying Blightsteel? Yeah, you just die of that. <laughs> I mean, you, you get around it. Anyway. Good. I like the artwork on this Agent's Toolkit, too. Ah, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, next up, we got Kamiz Obscura Oculus. It's one, a white, a blue, and a black for a 2-4 legendary creature Cephalid Rogue. Whenever you attack, target attacking creature can't be blocked this turn. It connives, then choose another attacking creature with lesser power. That creature gains double strike until end of turn. What the heck? So you attack with a creature, give something unblockable, connive, then your other another attacking creature, so you attack with two things, gets double strike. It's kind yeah. of crazy. So it's only like four mana. Yeah. And if you attack with uh if you attack with something bigger, you attack with this too, this becomes a four four. Hmm. Essentially. You, you know what I mean. But right, it's four strike. power. So, yeah, that's pretty good. That's why it had probably why it has a lower power card. Mm -hmm. So, you might choose this, but you could you could choose other cards to use within that scenario too, so. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. So, the next card is Obscura Confluence. It's one white, one generic, a white, a blue and a black. Uh, for an instant, choose three. You may choose the same mode more than once. First mode is until end of turn, target creature loses all abilities and has base, power, and toughness 1-1. One, one. Second ability is target creature connives. And then the third ability is target player returns a creature card from the graveyard to their hand. 
So I feel most of the time you're going to make some two things a 1-1 one, one with no abilities and then return something, probably. I don't know. Making a creature connive. Three creatures connive would be good. Draw three cards. Yeah, but for four mana, I don't know. I feel I would be more likely to place a combat trick to probably. make the creatures 1-1s one, and then block them and then bring something back. Yeah. That's just my play style, but... Yeah, you could also just loot three, draw three. Well, the nice the, the nice thing is, three, is you, get to choose, you get to choose your options. You can choose three. Yep, choose whatever mode is good. Yeah, like it's 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 a uh, value for whatever spot you might need it in. Very flexible card. Yep. Next up, we got Tivit, Seller of Secrets. It's three, a white, a blue, and a black for a six-six legendary creature, Sphinx Rogue. With flying in Ward 3, and whenever it enters the battlefield or deals combat damage to a player, starting with you, each player votes for evidence or bribery. For each evidence vote, you investigate. For each bribery vote, you get a treasure token. And while voting, you get to vote an additional time. Love the card. Hate the artwork. Yeah, the artwork is kind of... Like a cat with a dude's face. Yeah, it's, it speaks with a dude's face, which is weird. I, I don't like it. I do not like the artwork <laughs> of this card. I will search for whatever person I need to. Uh, I I will I will commission an artwork oh, change for this card. <laughs> it's a good card though. Like six for six six flying ward three. It's gonna be hard to deal with it. And then oh, you, yeah. you get to vote twice, and you're going to get treasure tokens or clue tokens no matter what out of it. Great card. Horrible artwork. <laughs> it, it, it tilts me super hard to see this artwork. But great card. I like it. Next card is Angelo the Painter. He is uh, one swamp, one island, and one forest. Not a forest. Actually, it's a mountain. Just Grixis. one of each Grixis color. He's a 1-3 vampire assassin with death touch. The first instant or sorcery spell you cast each turn has casualty 2. That's good. I like it. I like it. Grixis spells matters. Yep. It'd be fun to play. Uh, next up, we got the Maestro's Confluence, the Grixis one. It's three blue, black, red. For a sorcery, you can choose three. You may choose the same mode more than once. Return target monocolored instant or sorcery from your graveyard to your hand. Target creature gets minus three, minus three until end of turn. Or goad each creature target player controls. I'm not, super, some... I'm not super psyched on the goad, but the minus three, minus three, and the return of sor- instant or sorcery is good. Hey, but it adds some support to Goad decks. Shout yep. out to shout out to our buddy Nama. <laughs> he wants to play. Make, gold make that Goad deck. No, it's. I mean, it's it's value. Same as the other confluences. I like this one a little bit less than the Obscura right now, but it could be good. Right now, I actually kind of like it more. Um, I feel like it's good in this and Hello the Painter deck, which is probably the same deck it comes in. Probably. The next one is Parnes, the Subtle Brush. It's two and an island and a swamp and a mountain. 
for a 4-4 vampire wizard. Whenever you or a permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, counter that spell or ability unless that player pays for life. Whenever you copy a spell, up to one target opponent may also copy that spell. They may choose new targets for that copy. So the bottom part is not super great because it allows your opponents to copy, but only if you copy things. So if you copy, if they, so they're only copying your copy, but the first part that they counter unless they pay four life is good. They have to pay four life for anything else, basically. It's it's, it's pretty good. I don't like it as a commander. Um, Next up, yeah, I wouldn't play as a commander. He's good in the, and hello deck, I think. That's probably what he comes in. Betcha that yeah, was the commander. What's the secondary? And Hello is? No, Parnes probably would be the secondary. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, so next up we got Henzi, the Toolbox Tor. It's uh, black, red, and green. For a Devil Rogue Legendary Creature, 3-3. Three, three. Each creature spell you cast with mana value 4 or greater has Blitz equal to its mana cost. And blitz costs you pay costs one less for each time you've cast your commander from the command zone this game. I love this one. This is my favorite of those. Uh, I think I think all the commanders are going to be these three cost cards. Yeah. Those are this that's, is my really, that's a really good effect. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those uh, blitzing things. You're just gonna play big things and play it for less to blitz it, so that you sack it at the instep. So it's like, whatever, I played my commander three times, now I can play my six drop for three mana with haste. Exactly. I I love it. It's a good card. Yep. So next card is Riveteer's Confluence. It's two and a black and a mountain and a forest for a sorcery. That's choose three. I'm going to add back to the Confluences. Uh, you can choose each. You can choose the same mode more than once. Uh, the first mode is you draw a card, you lose a life. Second mode is Riveteer's Confluence deals one damage to each creature or planeswalker you don't control. And the third mode is you can put a land from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield tapped. Yeah, the mis- that's a pretty good one. The middle one is like unless you're putting it as a token deck, one damage doesn't matter that much. Yeah, the middle one is weak unless you're in this that scenario. Yeah, but the first, this first one and the last one are good, um, and the middle one could be good if like all their stuff is three power or three toughness or less. You could just do it three times and just blow everything up. Yeah, true. Uh, next up, we got the Beantown Bullies. It's one black, red, green for a four-four legendary creature, Ogre Devil Warrior, with vigilance and haste. It has tap target opponent whose turn it is. Puts target non-legendary creature card from your graveyard onto the battlefield under their control. It gains haste and goad it. At the beginning of the next end step, exile it. So your creatures go on your opponent's board and they have to attack someone other than you with it. <laughs> that seems interesting. It's interesting for a goad deck, for sure. That would be fun. I like that card a lot. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Next card is Vazzy, Keen Negotiator. It's two and a black and a mountain in a forest. 
for a 3-3 human advisor creature. As haste and tap target opponent creates X treasure tokens where X is the number of treasure tokens you created this turn. Whenever an opponent casts a spell or activates an ability, if mana from a treasure was spent to cast it or activate it, put a 1-1 counter on target creature, then draw a card. Uh, also, this is one you can only get in the set boosters. Yep, it definitely is. Um, I think it's it's okay. I hate that it gives your opponents treasures, but then you need them to spend the treasure to put 1-1s on stuff and draw a card. Yeah, so it's like... This is, I, I think this was that card that I was like, you could make a group hug deck out of this. Yeah, it's pretty good in a group huggy. It'd be, it'd be interesting. It wouldn't be quite so group huggy. It could be more more political, I think, yeah. actually. Um, like, hey, I'll give you treasure tokens if you don't attack me. Yeah. You know. Right. Um, you could definitely make a politics deck out of it. It could be fun. Um, next up, we got the... Carabretti Confluence, three red, white, green, sorcery. Choose three. You may choose the same mode more than once. Create a token that's a copy of target creature you control. It gains haste, second to the beginning of the next end step. Exile, target artifact and enchantment. Or creatures target player controls get plus one and gain first strike until end of turn. It's pretty good. You can remove some stuff. You can make some copies of stuff. You can buff your dudes. It's pretty versatile, dude. Or card. Yep, and all the confluence. Any confluence card is going to be versatile. Yep. Our next card is Kit Kanto, a Mayhem Diva. It's one and a forest and a swamp. Forest and a mountain and a plains. Or a 3-3 Cat Bard Druid. When Kit Kanto enters the battlefield, create a 1-1 green and white citizen creature token. At the beginning of combat on each player's turn, you may tap two untapped creatures you control. When you do, target creature that player controls gets plus two plus two. It gains trample until end of turn. Goad that creature. So you're giving your opponent's creatures two two trample and they have to attack someone other than you. It's kind of weird. Yep. Weird, but seems pretty good. Goat is getting a lot of support. Yep. Next we got uh, Fabine. Fabine. Boss is confident. I'd go with Fabine. Fabine. Three red, green, white. So Naya. Three Naya colors. Uh, for a 3-6 legendary creature cat advisor. Creature tokens you control of haste. Parlay. At the beginning of combat on your turn, each player reveals the top card of the library. For each land card revealed this way, you create a 1-1 green and white citizen creature token. Then, creatures you control get plus one plus one until end of turn for each non-land card revealed this way. Then each player draws the card. It's pretty good. All your tokens have haste. If you play token deck, all your stuff has haste, and then you're going to make dudes during combat so you can tackle them right away. Yeah, seems pretty good. Standard token commander. Yep. Next card is, I think this is our last Confluence. Um, Broker's Confluence. Two in a forest and a plains and an island. For choose three, choose the same mode more than once. Proliferate, target creature phases out, or counter target activated or triggered ability. So far, I think this is the best one. 100%. <laughs> Phase something out, counter an activated or triggered ability, or proliferate. That's good. 
Yep, I like this one a lot. Uh, next up, we got Kroos Defense Contractor. One, a green, a white, and a blue for a 2-4 legendary creature cat advisor. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a shield counter on target creature and opponent controls. Whenever you put one or more counters on a creature you don't control, tap that creature and goad it. It gains trample until your next turn. I like that too. More goad support. More goad support. You might have to play five color goad if you use all these cards, though. Yeah, five color goad. Yep. Next card is Perry the Pulverizer. Love the art for this card. Big rhino, dude. Big rhinos. It's going to cost one a forest to play as an island. It's a 3 3 rhino soldier. When it enters the battlefield, put a shield counter on target creature. Whenever Perry attacks, target creature you control gains trample on XX until end of turns. Where X is the number of different kinds of counter among permanents you control. I like this card. Seems good. Seems good. It's going to be fun to play. So that's all the multicolored cards. Which one seems like the best one to you, or what's your favorite one? I don't even know. I there's multicolor starts to get different. I love the Agents Toolkit. Agents Toolkit's uh, sweet. Yeah, Jolene. I like that's good. that could be fun to play. I kind of like Angelio and the Henzi Toolbox, too. I also yep. like the Rhino's Sweet Dark. I think when I first looked at these, Henzi was the coolest one that I thought was there. But after looking through all of them, I have some other options. Um, the Naya seems a little bit weak, in my opinion. Yeah, unless you're just playing tokens. Yeah. Broker's Confluence, Godly Card. Yep. All right, so uh, on to artifacts, we got the first one is Currency Converter. costs one mana. Whenever you discard a card, you may exile that card from your graveyard. Then it has an activated ability for two and tap it, draw a card, discard a card. So two and tap it to loot. Then it has tap, put a card exiled with Currency Converter into your graveyard. If it's a land card, create a treasure token. If it's a non-land card, create a 2-2 black rogue creature token. So it allows you to loot and then put the card the next turn into your graveyard to get something. Yeah, it's pretty good. Better off if you have other effects of discard and you can just throw them in the grave for treasures. I think it'd be good in like a a mono black discard or sacrifice deck. Um, Next card is False Floor. For generic, for an artifact, enters the battlefield tap, creatures enter the battlefield tap, and it's two and tap, exile false floor, exile all untapped creatures, activate only as a sorcery. So it's just a worse uh, disc? Basically, (laughs) it's very... like, cause it's weird because it enters tapped, all the creatures enter tapped, but then it only kills untapped things. Yeah, so it saves the tapped things. I mean, if like you could put this into a goad deck where people, I guess you could, you could, yeah, and you could play this and then like play a bunch of stuff so it all comes in tapped, and then the next turn, oh yeah, you shouldn't be untapped anyway at that point. So you want to play it all the next turn, you could play stuff and then exile everything. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's meh. 
Yeah, it's just a mech card. Next up, we got Gavel of the Righteous. It's two mana equipment. At the beginning of combat in your turn, put a charge counter on Gavel of the Righteous. Equipped creature gets plus one plus one for each counter on Gavel of the Righteous. As long as Gavel of the Righteous has four or more counters on it, the equipped creature has double strike. The equip cost is pay three mana or remove a counter from it. So you could technically equip this for zero if you just remove a counter. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty solid. Yeah, it's going to slowly every single turn you make your creatures bigger, bigger, and bigger. Yeah, I mean, it's not the best, but it's good. I mean, because this ain't going to get removed, so it's going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, even if you don't put it on a creature. Yeah. It's it's solid. Once, I, mean, I think once you hit once you hit four or five counters and you're getting plus four plus four and double strike, that's pretty good. Yep. I like it. Um, our next card, I actually love this card a lot, is Smuggler's Buggy. It costs four generic for a 5-5 five, five vehicle with hideaway four. Whenever Smuggler's Buggy deals combat damage to a player, you may cast the exile card without paying its mana cost. If you do, return Smuggler's Buggy to its owner's hand. And it has crew two. I love this card. It's going to my artifact deck. Yeah, so it's a 5-5 five, five vehicle with hideaway four. And then if you use get the hideaway, you get to play it again and hideaway again. Normally the hideaway is just one and done. This time you keep you doing the hideaways. Yep. I love I like it a lot. It's pretty cool. Next up we got threefold signal. Uh, three mana for an artifact that when it enters the battlefield, you scry three. And then each spell you cast that's exactly three colors has replicate three. So when you cast it, you copy it for each time you pick, cast the replicate cost. Uh, and this is a card you can only get in set boosters. But this card seems very good if you're playing you know, just a three-color deck and you can keep replicating stuff. Yeah, I mean, I like it. <laughs> There's not a lot of cards that I've seen that are like, oh, that's absolutely horrible. Yeah, these are all pretty good. Playable cards. It's it's three colors matter, but yeah. still, it's if if you're playing these decks, it's good. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you know, our last card that we have to talk about today is Weathered Sentinels. It's three generic for a two-five wall with Defender, Vigilance, Reach, and Trample. Whenever Sentinel can it, Weathered Sentinels can attack players who attacked you during their last turn as though it didn't have Defender. When it attacks, it gets 3-3 and indestructible till end turn. What? Yeah, so it's a wall that it's a 2-5 Vigilance Reach Trample, and then if someone swings at you, you can swing at them with a 5-8 indestructible Vigilance Trample Reach. What? For 3 mana. Insane. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, I love this card. <laughs> You know, put this in all your artifact decks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if at if if anything, like, oh, it could use. You could use. Uh, it could use flying. If it had flying, it'd be even way better. Put flying on it and slap a mythic tag, and it's good to go. If you put this in the wall deck, you could just make it not have defender. Well, and exactly. Then, and then you could just swing with a five eight trample. Exactly. This, I you, love this card. Is awesome. Destroy and the art. The artwork is sweet. Yeah, that is cool. 
I'm going to get myself uh, a borderless foil full art. That card. I, I think this, the buggy, and the righteous hammer are cool. The gavel of the righteous, you mean? Yeah. I just call it, I'm going to call it righteous hammer. That's probably, well, yeah. I'm going to play it and go righteous hammer. Yep. No, that's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty spot on. I would say the same thing. All right, so that's the uh, Commander cards. Uh, again, thanks for uh, listening to the podcast. Uh, this is a video podcast. So you'll be able to see it on YouTube. Uh, please subscribe if you want to check out our future videos. Um, yeah, so uh, have a good one, folks. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for watching. Thanks for supporting.